This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. We're off and running. It is the Black and Blue Report podcast presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. Happy Thursday, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. So glad you're with us, and we are coming to you, as we usually do, from Studio B on Airline Drive, from the headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans. Speaking of the Pelicans, by the way, I don't know if you realize this or not, but Pelicans Media Day is one week from tomorrow and therefore the start of training camp. We're almost there. Crazy, huh? And, and the Saints, by the way, are now fully into their preparations for this weekend's game for the New York Giants. I hope that you uh, caught uh, yesterday's coverage on NewOrleansSaints.com. If not, more today, obviously, after practice. We'll be in the Saints locker room later on this afternoon, and uh, we'll continue that conversation here in week two of the NFL season. Today's our day to really preview this weekend's game against the New York Giants. It's a big one for the Saints, obviously, after losing uh, that one-point game to the Oakland Raiders last weekend. And we'll get perspective from both sides today. Our first guest uh, is Christian Garrick. Garrick is of WWL AM and FM. And Christian is also the sideline reporter for the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. This is a game I think is uh, hugely important for the Saints just because you know how how difficult that loss was last week against the Raiders, and uh, a, a bit of a meltdown in the fourth quarter defensively uh, for the Saints, and some things that you saw that you go, all right, hey, look, there's some things to be encouraged about, and then there's other things that you saw that you go, ooh, man, they got to fix that if they want to if they want to have a successful season. And then we'll take you up to New York and get the big blue perspective from Anita Marks. She works for ESPN and ESPN Radio in New York. She is also a member of the New York Football Giants broadcast team. I think the biggest storyline coming in is this Giants defense. You know, are they worth the money that they spent on in, in getting these top-notch players? And how many? What's what's the point total? What can they limit the Saints on this explosive, exciting, talented Saints offense to? Can they limit them? Can they keep them below, let's say, 28 points? So, two great conversations today as a part of our pregame prep. Here on the Black and Blue Report. Stay with us. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup the hearty way to fuel your game and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Hey fans, on Saturday, October 1st, cheer on your Pelicans as they play their first preseason game of the season against the Dallas Mavericks at the Century League Center in Bossier City. Ticket prices start at just $15 and can be purchased from the Century Link Center box office, www.ticketmaster.com, by phone at 800-745-3000 or at any authorized Ticketmaster outlet. For more, be sure to visit shreveport-bossier.org or call 888-45-VISIT. Got a long day ahead? 
Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. As we just previewed moments ago, we've got Anita Marks uh, coming up here on the Black and Blue Report. Well, we're going to start first with Christian Garrick, uh, sports director over at WLAM and FM, and of course, sideline reporter for the New Orleans Saints radio network. Uh, welcome in, Christian. Glad you could join us today. Absolutely great to be with you, Sean. Man, I'm 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 happy that the uh, regular season is finally here. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you, and I'm also kind of glad that that first game is out of the way as as well. And so now we get into kind of our our Thursday routine here, which we kind of use as our game prep. We usually get uh, you know somebody from both sides to help us preview the weekend's game, and and certainly I know you can do that for us on the New Orleans Saints side. Yeah, and look, this is a game I think is uh, hugely important for the Saints just because, you know, how, how difficult that loss was last week against the Raiders and uh, a, a bit of a meltdown in the fourth quarter defensively uh, for the Saints and some things that you saw that you go, all right, hey, look, there's some things to be encouraged about, and then there's other things that you saw that you go, ooh, man, they got to fix that if they want to if they want to have a successful season. In, in all honesty, Christian, um, did you see – any of that coming or did, did did it take you by surprise a little bit no it took me by surprise because honestly I, you might have been like me watching the game last week going wait hold on a second uh this defense might be better than i anticipated and you know this team might be better than i anticipated because what was the narrative going into the, the regular season which is hey the offense didn't look too good the offensive line and khalil max coming to town and oh my gosh you know it's they're going to they're gonna, like rip Drew Brees' head off. And the offensive line played really, really well. And then the defense for three quarters, I thought, played pretty well. But then you had uh, Delvin Bro go down with an injury, and, and you could see that the tide, the momentum start to shift a little bit. Um, but I, I didn't I didn't see it coming just because I thought for three quarters, like I said, you know, the defense um, w- was pretty solid. I mean, they had their moments, their leaks. That's going to happen to a defense. Uh, but then it was just in that fourth quarter, I mean, you give up 22 points and – 200 yards uh, in, in that final quarter, and, and that's a, that's a formula for losing losing yeah, the game. No, no doubt about that. Um, and you mentioned the injury and, and everything else. Look, whether it's Delvin Bro or um, the CJ Spiller sting, I guess a little bit this week. Uh, there never seems to be a week where we, we we could say it's normal around here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that's, that's a great point. And I think that a lot of that has to do with the fact that the the salary cap woes of the saints, I think has perpetuated a little bit of that uh, because, you know, they have to, they have to shop at a, at a different, at a different meat market than they normally would, <laughs> or they normally do. And um, it's, it's been interesting in particular, going back to the final roster cuts, um, you cut, you cut a couple of guys and you bring them back and you end up making a move at kicker and, uh, and then the Keenan Lewis thing back in training camp, and then C.J. Spiller a week one into the season. It, it's been, I don't want to say bizarre, it's just been different. It hasn't been like this, you know, in, in 2009, 10, and 11, when that team was rolling, you didn't see a lot of this. So uh, that just kind of just shows you that it's just a different state of the program, I think, right now. It's interesting. Let's stay on this for a moment, because 
the Spiller thing threw me for a loop a little bit just because Sean Payton had talked about his progress and a healthy C.J. Spiller back in the preseason. But let me go back even further than that. Go back to not this past offseason, but the one before. And, and the two biggest names in that free agent group were Brandon Browner and yep. C.J. Spiller. And I don't I, – I defy anyone – to sit here and tell me that they didn't think those were two smart free agent signings for this football team. And look, it didn't work out. I know the saints aren't happy about it. I know the fans aren't happy about it, but go back to the original plan there. Could you have guessed at that point that, that it would work out this way? I, I, I couldn't. No, not at all. And look, in fact, you know, we were seeing the praises like, Hey man, you know, <laughs> these are two solid additions. And we even thought, I know I, I said publicly, when when they signed C.J. Spiller, I was like, okay, now they found an answer for Darren Spools. Like he's going to have that kind of impact on this offense because he has that skill set uh, to fit in this offense, and it just never manifested. It never happened. And then Brandon Browner, uh, nobody knew that you know obviously he would have uh, some issues with the media and and have I think some character issues as well. Um, but yeah, I mean those were the two prized free agents that off season and. Uh, it's it's amazing to think that it only lasted a year when they signed three-year deals with the Saints. And, and I think that, you know, look, free agency, it shows you it's not an exact science. Uh, however, you know, you almost ha- you almost have to play in that game. I think the Saints, though, should in the future proceed with a little bit more caution. Well, I mean, sure, everybody gets gun-shy when this, this kind of thing happens. But, I, you know, does this sting more because, because you're – you know, and I'm talking about the fans here because you're mad at the Saints for this not working out, or does it sting more because we all thought it was the right play in the first place? Wow, um, I think it's I think it's because we all thought it was the right play in the first place, um, and and I think a lot of it has to do with the trust that the fan base had or has in Mickey Loomis and Sean Payton, that, like you know, and, and it's that's starting. I mean, like I, I think that's starting to wane, just judging by my Twitter timeline and, and the calls I get on my radio show, which is, you know, they they're starting to question that. However, I think it's a matter of the fact that they trust him, uh, they trust them so much, and they 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 don't they don't want to give him a grace of, hey, look, you can miss from time to time. The problem is that um, lately they've missed more often than they've hit, and I think that compounds the problem. Tough job. I'm glad I don't have it. Uh, speaking of tough, the the Saints secondary right now. With Delvin Bro's injury, help me frame up what this challenge is now ahead of them. Wow, uh, it's monumentous. <laughs> I mean, uh, you look at you look at this Giants offense. Um, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, Victor Cruz is back. He's not the same player he was a couple of years ago. It was over 500 days since he saw the field. But uh, this is a this is a huge challenge for uh, for the New Orleans Saints secondary, in particular with P.J. Williams, Devontae Harris, Ken Crawley, and um, and Sterling Moore and those two young guys, or those three young guys, I thought played fairly well last week uh, in terms of coverage. Um, as as to be expected, I mean, you're going to have your bumps in the road for those players, and I think the future is bright for those three players. But going up in week two against this offense, um, it just doesn't bode well. That's the matchup that really unnerves me the most is is those guys up against this talented group of receivers, along with. Um, you know, Eli Manning, you know, he has you in your, in his sights and, and he's going to, he's going to, um, he's going to try to light this defense up. And I think he's going to have a chance to have a lot of success. The thing that I, that I think, um, you know, the Saints can take advantage of is that offensive line for the Giants is not 
the offensive line that they faced last week in the Oakland Raiders. I mean, they're not they're not on par with that. Uh, however, if you flip the flip the coin a little bit, you look at the Giants' D line, and they spent a ton of money this off season on that defense to revamp it. And I, I think their D line is actually better than the one they faced the, the week before in the Oakland Raiders. So uh, there's going to be some matchups in this game that obviously are going to dictate the outcome. But um, to me, the most intriguing one outside of the wide receivers versus the Saints defensive backs is, is really the, the, the Giants D-line versus the Saints offensive line, which protected much better than, than I think people anticipated last week against Oakland. Good way to put the, the storyline there at the front. I, I like that. Uh, it's interesting. Giants will have their home opener. You'll be there. Uh, ben McAdoo has a chance to become just the third Giants head coach in their history to win his first two outings. Uh, meanwhile, the Saints uh, would feel obviously a lot better at 1-1, one and one, but how bad would things feel at 0-2 coming home with that Atlanta Monday night game on the horizon? Yeah, in particular, you know, you take it a step further, Sean, at 0-2, man, uh, just because I think most fans, and I know I, I have as an, as a – you know, as a member of the media, you know, break down the schedule. And I know the team does, too, in quarters. And you start looking at the first quarter, and it was like, okay, well, there's three, at least three winnable games in there. Uh, I think Oakland was a toss-up. But outside of that, I mean, you got San Diego, you got New York, you got uh, you got Atlanta in there, and then you got the bye week. And then after the bye week, that schedule gets brutal with Kansas City, um, with Denver, with Carolina, with uh, you know, several uh, Seattle, several playoff teams in that mix after the bye week, and it, it, it makes you it makes you pause for a minute and go, all right, hey, they're going to have a little bit of uh, they're going to have a little bit of leaks in that schedule at some point, and you got to get off to a fast start. Sean Payton talked about it at the at the onset of training camp, which is you know how imperative it was to get off to a fast start. So going zero and two, I think would really um, would really uh, you know, damage this football team's expectations. And in particular, um, I just wonder how much it would affect their confidence because it was interesting. I think some of them feel like they're 0-5 at this point going back to the preseason. And I know preseason necessarily doesn't count and win losses in, a, you know, in, in, in the standings, but it certainly has an impact on a team's confidence and psyche. And, you know, that, at that point, they would be 0-6 in the last six games that they, that they played counting the preseason and that just doesn't it doesn't do well for a young team that I think needs that confidence let's get to the most important question um how long does Deuce McAllister have to be a part of the Saints radio team to be able to select the Saturday night restaurant <laughs> you know what um as far as I'm concerned Deuce gets to do whatever he wants he's like you know hey um you, you can pick it and um I still haven't had an opportunity to pick a restaurant just because uh, we usually leave that up to, to Hondo, man. He's the foodie of the group, and uh, in Hondo we trust uh, when it comes to selecting our restaurants because uh, he hasn't missed. I mean, the guy is, like, perfect when it comes to picking spots. And um, I, I just go, all right, Hondo, where are we going to eat? And, and it's usually stellar. So uh, I'm anxious to see what he's got in store for us Saturday night. Yeah, he's well, I can tell you this. He was already working on it yesterday, uh, yeah. c- citing that New York is a special place. And uh, and I told him he better not fail. This is this is a, a must win for him on Saturday night. So, um, Christian Garrick with us from WWL AM and FM and the New Orleans Saints Radio Network. I appreciate it, my friend, and uh, safe travels this weekend. Yes, indeed, Sean. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Stay with us. Anita Marks is next.
Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. The Pelican schedule has just been released, and 12 game plans are now on sale. 12 game packages, including the contender and weekend plans, are your tickets to see NBA All Star Anthony Davis and your Pelicans take on the biggest names in the NBA, including LeBron James, Steph Curry, and more. Take in a couple of Pelicans games a month throughout the season for as low as $17 per game. Visit Pelicans.com or call 525 Hoop and score your seats today. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Our next guest here on the Black and Blue Report is a, uh, is, well, she's a multimedia force. Let's put it that way. I mean, she's got like over 31,000 followers on Twitter. She probably snaps and instas and everything else. But more importantly, you'll find her at ESPN, ESPN Radio in New York. And specifically for our purposes today, she's a member of the New York Football Giants broadcast team. We welcome back Anita Marks. Hi, Anita. Hi. Isn't isn't periscoping? Isn't that the in thing now? Like it can't. Right, like, it yeah. <laughs> I, I can't keep track anymore. I I can barely. My wife gets on me because I can barely post on Twitter and Facebook at the same time, and and God forbid I'd have to link something to something else. I'm I'm in trouble there. But I'm sure you're Look. you're good at it. Look, if, uh, if Bill Belichick could say face, what, what, did he, what did he call it, face chat? Face chat face or Insta-face face or something like that. Insta-face? Yeah. <laughs> and, and still be cool, then it's been, I mean, we, we all should just fall in line. You're probably right. <laughs> You're probably right. Um, take the temperature for me, Anita, of the New York Giants after week one, if you don't mind. I think fortunate, I, I think would be would be the right word. Um you know, I was expecting more from them, to be quite frank. Uh, this is a, a team, an organization that went out and spent the most amount of money in the free, in, in free agency and brought in some big-time talent. Olivier Vernon from the Dolphins, uh, Snacks, as everybody likes to call him, uh, from the Jets. Uh, they moved JPP to the left side of the line. He's playing well. They re-upped him, of course. Jack Rabbit, Jenkins, they bring in. So, and Keenan Robinson, linebacker from Washington. So they spent a lot of money in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. And they were going up against Dallas. And I know Dak Prescott was the story of the preseason. But I felt like, look, we're talking about a rookie quarterback. And in the preseason, who's he going up against? Second, third stringers at times? I mean, let's, let's kind of let's get back on the ground here. Let's, let's really have a fair assessment in regards to the fact that you've got 
arguably one of the best defenses potentially on paper could be in the NFL going up against a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back? Are you kidding me? I was expecting I, – I, I called the game 30-20. to 20. Obviously, it didn't work out that way. But at the same time, I was, I was having a conversation with – um, with some ex-players who work for the Giants. I was, I was at the facility yesterday, and they're ex-players who are, are part of the broadcast team. And these are old-school football players, right, who, like, played back in the day when, when football was played by men. And their take is, the new collective bargaining agreement, let's face it, these guys aren't ready to play. Like, it's going to take them the first three, four weeks of the season to really get into football shape and mindset. And then that's when we're really going to see, like, the true identity of these teams come out is after the third or fourth week. And you know what? They're absolutely right. They're absolutely right. Okay. That's fair. Um, but at the same time, after what the Giants fans saw defensively last year, they got to think, right, with, that this is an improvement, surely. Right, Anita? I mean, oh, come on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, it, it is an improvement. I just, I guess my point is, you know, it, I think it's going to take time to gel because the collective bargaining agreement, you know, you, you don't have the two-a-day live practices that they used to have. Um, you've got so many new faces on this defense that have to learn Spagnola's system. And so it's just going to take a hot minute to gel, that's for sure. But also, listen, you've covered the NFL as long as I have. We both know what happens when you spend a lot of money in free agency. It's still a toss-up. We know players, especially in the NFL, they overperform. They, they reach their potential the year of their contract year, and then once they get that big money – then it's kind of you just got to cross your fingers and say, okay, that, that player is still going to, because he got paid, now he's going to be committed to that money and play worth the money and the value that he's getting. And we see it many times. It doesn't work out for Washington. I think the Giants are hoping that this year it works out for them. I mean, let's, let's face it. Free agency is a gamble. It's a big gamble. Okay, well, with that being said then, of, of the new free agents on the defensive side, who do you think – will have the largest impact in their defensive turnaround if it's to happen? I think it's Snacks. And, and you know, unfortunately, he's not talked about a lot because, let's face it, a, a defensive tackle, like, you know, it's not that's not sexy. It's not sexy to talk about. It's sexy to talk about Olivier Vernon, right, but but not a tackle. But I think Snacks is, to me, I, I think he's the, the biggest and best free agent pickup for Jerry Reese in this organization. And, and I'll be honest with you, I think that's going to be a really big key watching this Giants-Saints game this coming week, this weekend on Sunday, because one thing we know about Drew Brees, he loves – he doesn't mind when you rush him around the outside because what does he love? He loves to stuff up into that pocket, especially if that pocket is clean. I, you know, there's so much emphasis on snacks stopping the rushing attack. And, and that's, you know, that's why he got paid the big bucks to come in and be one of the highest-paid defensive tackles in the NFL. But I'm looking at him to really push the center of that pocket back. It's going to force Drew Brees to roll out, scramble, try to create space for himself. Um, I think that's going to be a really big key, and I think it's going to come down to snacks, kind of getting Drew Brees uncomfortable on Sunday. For those who don't know, Snacks is Damon Harrison, by the way. There you go. Yep, and we're visiting with Anita Marks. Uh, Anita, you mentioned Steve Spagnuolo, who we, we know here, obviously. What What is his fingerprint right now uh, defensively for the Giants? You know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, he was he was really criticized last year, and, and rightfully so. Look, the Giants had the worst defense in the NFL. They ranked 32nd. So, you know, he's got such great talent now to work with. 
So the pressure's on him. It was interesting. I was on a radio show yesterday, and they asked me, who, who has more pressure, the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball for the Giants? And I think it's the defensive side of the ball for all the reasons we've just been talking about the past five minutes, right? Mm-hmm. The fact that they went out, they spent all this money, all these big free agent players are in, all these big-name top defensive linemen. Um, they go out, they draft Eli Apple, 10th pick overall, first-round draft pick for the Giants. Now Spags has all this talent to work with, and I think the pressure's on him. He needs to deliver. This defense has the potential, like I said, on paper to be a, a top 10 defense in the NFL, some say top five. And so I think, I think really the pressure is on him right now to, to, to really deliver, create some great schemes, put these players in great positions to make plays and win ball games. I can't get used to the fact that Tom Coughlin's not there on the sideline. Um, and, uh-huh. and sure enough, uh, I love your reaction there. Uh, and sure enough, it's interesting – do I have this right? Only two head coaches have ever started their New York Giants career 2-0, and and Ben McAdoo has a chance to do that this weekend. He does, and, and my reaction is because I, I've been covering the Giants now. This is my seventh season, and so I was there six years with Tom Coughlin, and he was like a father to me. So just the way that he, he treats people. Um, and the way that he makes people be accountable. And every time I walked into that facility, um, I always, you know, it's it's, it's interesting, you know, when you you work for a company, right? So so right now I work for the Giants and I work for ESPN. So I always feel that I'm representing my company. No matter what I do, I'm in a restaurant, I'm I'm talking to a waiter and a waitress, I'm Whatever the case may be, right? You're out there. You are an extension. You are an extension of your company. And I always felt like whenever I walked in that door, it was kind of like not only was I an extension of the Giants, but I was an extension of, of Tom Coughlin. And he always made you want to be a better person. Be more accountable. Don't be on time. Be early. I mean, listen, the clocks at the, at the facility are still minutes back. They didn't change that. You know, because Tom Coughlin would always say, if you're on time, you're late. If you're five minutes early, well, now you're on time. So, you know, there were, there were certain things um, that he stood for that just you bought in, made you a better person. And I feel my six years with Tom Coughlin did that for me. Hmm. So I am, I miss the man immensely. And, um, and I really thought he'd get back into coaching, which – I think if Philadelphia would have given him the reins to do whatever he wanted to do, I really think that Tom Coughlin would be in Philadelphia right now, but that's probably for a whole nother show. <laughs> um, but with all that being said, I, I really like Ben McAdoo a lot. It's a different feel there. It's a different, it's a different vibe. It's a different atmosphere. He's catering to the millennials. And, and let's face it, you know, you've got more millennials now playing in the NFL than anything else. He's changed a lot of things in regards to the off days, in regards to the meetings. Instead of two lengthy meetings, he's made it three small meetings. He feels that that's how millennials digest information. Um, it's just it's very, very different, but it's different in a good way. And, and I think the way that our society is, is rolling these days, it caters and the players are reacting. The players love that, you know, music's being played at practice and, there's just so many changes that have been made by Ben McAdoo that the players love that I think is going to result in good things down the future. Okay, good observation there. Uh, as you know, Eli Manning uh, you know, goes to high school in New Orleans, You know, the, one of New Orleans' favorite families. 
So why, and, and of course he's had tremendous success. Why do I have such a hard time though, Anita, uh, realizing that this is now the 13th season for Eli Manning? Isn't that unbelievable? I, 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 and and you, and I, you and I have talked about this before. I lived in New Orleans for three years. And while I was there, I remember, I remember being, being told about Eli Manning. And I know I'm going to be dating myself here, but I think that when I lived there, I want to say he was in junior high school, right? And so all I kept on hearing was, oh, you think Peyton's great. Wait until you see Eli. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, and now come, now full circle. So many years later, I'm in New York. I work for the Giants, and Eli Manning is the starting quarterback. So, you know, it it is. It's, it's unbelievable that he's been in the league so long, and it's so unbelievable that he hasn't missed one game to injury. And and I mean, that's just. I mean, he's the Iron Man, right? I mean, it's just. It's unbelievable what he's been able to do and what he's been able to accomplish. And if there's one sore thumb on this team, okay, it's the offensive line. Unfortunately. And the talk this year, he's getting older. The Giants just signed him to another multi-year deal. Isn't it, isn't it important for this organization to make sure that he stays safe, to make sure that he's gonna get, he gets the protection in the pocket that he needs and he's just not getting pounded each and every Sunday? Um, and that's, that's a big concern here. Uh, and and that's, that's a hot topic here in New York for sure. A little familiar down here, too, that's for sure. Uh, Anita, before I let you go, we're running short on time. Give me your number one storyline going into Saints and Giants this weekend. Oh, my goodness. Put me on the spot. Number one story. Number one. Keep them total points under 101. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, that was just that was ridiculous last year. Um, again, I was at the facility yesterday. I was in the locker room. All the New York media were in there, and the story is, you know, is this going to be another high point total game again? And again, there, there's just there's so much emphasis riding on this defense and it, them not allowing it to, to become the scoring fest that it was last year. So to me, I, I think I think the biggest storyline coming in is you know this Giants defense. You know, are are they worth the money that they spent on in, in getting these top notch players? And how many? What what's the point total? Or what can they limit this? Saints all this explosive, exciting, talented Saints offense too. Can they limit them? Can they keep them below, let's say, 28 points? I, I think that's I think that's the biggest storyline, especially for a lot of people, a lot of Giants fans here in New York. Saints fans are going to feel the same way in reverse, um, and I think you're you're right on it. Anita Marks, ESPN, ESPN Radio, New York, New York Giants uh, broadcast team. Hey, look! I wish I wish you guys were in the division. Then we could do this a couple times a year, uh, and I really enjoy it, and I appreciate it too. You got it. Always a pleasure. All right, there you have it. Uh, there's the Giants' perspective. We'll take a break and be right back. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. 
Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get texts with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelican Mobile Alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus, sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. So right before uh, Daniel and I started putting together Black and Blue Report today, we both took a look at the TuneIn Radio app, of which now you can catch the Black and Blue Report and a ton of other NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball content. So there are so many different ways that you can download this podcast now. I can hardly keep track, but one of the new and easiest ways to do so is through the TuneIn Radio app. Check it out in your app store. Uh, it's a really great, great tool to keep up with all your favorite teams. Saints Pelicans, obviously, for us, but let's say you grew up somewhere else and you want to follow that baseball team, you can do through do that through TuneIn. So check it out and help us spread the word, won't you? Otherwise, we'll spread the word on Twitter, at BlackBlueReport, or you can also follow me at Sean Kelly Live. Tomorrow's Black and Blue Report, the Friday edition, will be hosted by Bree and Cassie. They will finish up the conversation with regard to Saints and Giants for sure, and then they may have another surprise or two for us. I'll tune in myself to catch what they're doing on tomorrow's show. Thanks again to Anita Marks from the New York Giants broadcast team and ESPN New York, and of course, Saints sideline reporter Christian Garrett. Have a great rest of your Thursday, everybody, and we'll see you next time right here on the Black and Blue Report. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.